0: Hi, everyone. This is Lori Joyner from Lori Joyner Ministries. Welcome to my podcast, where we talk practically about all things discipleship related, such as where to find people to disciple, what to do on a typical discipleship appointment, and how to help our disciples grow in Christ. Whether you're just starting out or looking to sharpen your discipleship skills, you're in the right place. Well, hey, friends, it's Lori Joyner, your discipleship coach. This season, I'm thrilled to turn our focus towards children. And if you have them, they are your number one priority in discipleship. The Bible exhorts parents to train up their children in the knowledge of the Lord, and we need to be great stewards of this responsibility. Now, we've covered the importance of praying out loud with our children and grandchildren, We've covered setting up a daily Bible reading time so they can connect with God on their own on a regular basis. But today, the Your Discipleship Coach Kids Edition tip is clearly explaining the gospel message so that your children can place their personal faith in Christ. You know, with all of our praying over our children and reading our children the Bible and helping them set up a time to read the Bible, there is a number of goals in these endeavors. The first goal is we are to teach them who God is, that he is the creator of the universe. He's the savior of mankind, and he is our guide in life. Number two, we want them to know that they are created by a loving God that they are not a coincidence. They've been created and God breathed life into each of them on purpose. Number three, we're teaching them that they have a destiny to fulfill and that God has made them with unique abilities, qualities, talents, and gifts to be used for his ultimate purpose for their lives. But my friends, let me tell you, the number one goal in all of our Bible teaching in their lives is for them to personally place their faith in Jesus Christ at some point in their life. We got to understand that we're going to live in heaven with God for eternity, and a relationship with God needs to be established for that to happen. Not every person will live in heaven eternally with God, but we certainly want ourselves and our children to be there. So we are teaching and praying, and hoping to that end specifically. So I want to first explain what I mean by the gospel, because that's what we're talking about today, explaining the gospel message to our children. I want to give you some extremely practical ways to do this with your children and grandchildren if it hasn't been something you've regularly talked about. So first, let's break down the four main points of the gospel message. Now, let me double click on this for just a second. The gospel message is also referred to as the good news. So I could say, you know, here are the four main points of the good news. Or I could say, here are the four main points of the gospel message. I'm I'm referring to the same thing, okay? So if you hear those terms, understand they can be used interchangeably. Point number one is that God loves us. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him would not perish, but have eternal life. So did you hear that? For God so loved the world. So always the gospel starts with God's love. Point number two, we are sinful. Romans 3:23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is nobody that's perfect on this earth. Little sins, big sins, medium sins, it all means the same thing. We have some sin in our life, and that sin separates us from the love of God. Point number 3. Jesus Christ is God's only provision for our sin. Through him alone we can know God personally and experience his love. Romans 5:8 says, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. I love that verse because again it shows God's love for us and that even when we were sinners Christ died for us. I love that 1 Corinthians 15:3 through 6 says Christ died for our sins. He was buried he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. He appeared to Peter, then to the 12, and after that, he appeared to more than 500. So we need to understand that Christ died for sins. He died for our sins. He didn't have any sins. He lived a perfect life. He died for ours. He paid the penalty that we deserved. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. So like I mentioned earlier, Jesus Christ is God's only provision for man's sin. He said that he was the only way, not a way, not one of the ways. I am the way, he said. And point four, we must individually receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Then we can know God personally and experience his love. John 12 says, as many as received him, To them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So we need to understand that we're all creations of God. He's created all of us, but not everyone has received him and become a child of God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, by grace, you have been saved through your faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not as a result of your works so that no one can boast. So the great thing is, is that we are saved not by the great things we do, but by our faith in him and his death on our behalf. So we receive Christ, placing our faith in Christ through a personal invitation. Now, many people pray to trust Christ or they talk to God in their mind, but I love that Christ said in Revelations 3.20, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. So Christ is basically standing at the door of our life saying, I'm willing to come in. Are you willing to open the door of your heart? Place your faith in me. Now, listen, there are tons of more verses I could quote on this, but the bottom line, these were like the cliff notes of the Bible. I like to call it these four very basic points to the gospel or the good news And you know, this was the message given to me as a 16-year-old youth, not by my parents, but by the youth director of a local church. I will recall that I grew up um, in an alcoholic home, and my parents divorced as I was in the third grade. And when I got into high school, I started running with the wrong crowd, trying to be accepted by people that were older than me and were living a much faster life than I was. My sophomore year, I was kicked out of school and sent to alternative school for five weeks. And then God broke through. I was invited to church by some neighborhood friends, and their youth director shared the gospel with me. I recall he asked me to stay after church. He wanted to talk to me. And I thought he was going to get on to me for passing notes in church. So I thought, my goodness, I guess I'm not going to be coming back to this church. I'm not going to have somebody telling me what you know I've got to do. I kind of had a little bit of a rebellious, bad attitude at that point, but that was not the case. Instead, he shared with me how much God loved me and that I wasn't a coincidence and that God had a plan for my life, but that the sin in my life was separating me from God's love and God's plan, but that I could make a choice. I could ask Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins, to come into my life. And that's exactly what I did. I sunk to my knees in that church as a 16-year-old girl, and I confessed to God that I was a sinner in need of salvation. I asked him to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life. I placed my faith in him. and I remember as I prayed, I said, Lord, would you make me the person that you meant for me to be? That was the best decision I have ever made. Jesus Christ has been my absolute sustainer, father, best friend, all the way through life until this moment. And I know that he will carry me into eternity. But here's the thing. I didn't wait for my children to hear this message from church. I've been teaching them these four points and my story. Okay, maybe not the getting kicked out of high school piece yet. (laughs) I'm saving that part. Okay, Can I just get them through high school first? No. At some point, I will probably tell them a little bit more about my wild child life. But the basic points of the gospel message, I have been reiterating in anticipation for the day, one day that they would hopefully make the same decision I made. And to be honest, I've always prayed they would make the decision at a young age so that they could have Christ in their life all through elementary, junior high, high school, and college. Now understand, we cannot make a child or any person place their faith in Christ. We cannot pressure. We cannot guilt. We cannot scare a child or a person to place their faith in Christ because if we do, we sabotage it. If a child or a person places their faith in Christ because, oh, they feel some pressure from me, well, then it's not a genuine decision of faith. It was about me, not about Christ. It was about me, not about them surrendering their life to him for eternity. And so we've got to make sure that there is no pressure. What we can do is to present the gospel clearly and often, maybe using stories or verses Okay, so here's a few ideas to reinforce the gospel to your children and perhaps even bring up the subject or or talk to them about this. And hopefully your discussion with them will lead them to an actual decision for Christ in their own life. So here's a couple of ideas how I practically shared the gospel with my children and led them to Christ. Number one, I would say share your own story with your kids. I mean, if I were to sit down with your children and said, how did your mom put her faith in Christ or, or how did your dad put his faith in Christ or how did your grandma put her faith in Christ? I would hope that they could tell me just some basics. Well, I remember my mom was here and she did this. We need to be telling our story to our children, to to our lineage. Now, one of the ways I did this is that I put a picture of me on that pew where I placed my faith in Christ on the refrigerator. Okay, I know that sounds bizarre, but here's the thing. I was blessed that 20 years after I placed my faith in Christ, the church itself had a reunion. Everybody from the old youth group, from the old congregation, flocked back to the church for this huge reunion. And I went. Both my boys I brought with me. And I was able to hug necks with people and and reminisce with people and talk to them and, and thank them for their input in my life. I mean, it was a great day, but I remember walking into the sanctuary and I sat on the pew and I said, this is it. This is where at 16 years old, I sunk to my knees and I said to my husband, I said, sweetheart, take a picture of me right here. I've got to remember this. And that picture I printed out. And I put on the refrigerator. Now, I know not everybody gets an opportunity to do that, but I did. And I put it eye level with my two year old, with my three year old, with my four year old. As they grew, the picture found its way sliding up the refrigerator. And they would say, Mommy, what are you doing here? Why is there a picture of you sitting on a pew? They didn't say pew, they said chair on the refrigerator. And I said, Oh, That's when mommy placed her faith in Christ. That's when Jesus became my savior. That's when he became my best friend. And as they got older, I would share more pieces of the story. Oh, that's the day mommy's life changed. That's the best day of my life. That's when I knew I was going to heaven if I were to die. So as they got older, I explained more and more. And then I began to say, mommy's praying for the day that you do the same thing. Mommy's hoping for the day that you make the same decision I did. So share your story with your kids. You know, as I was writing this, I thought, well, not everybody's got a picture of themselves, you know, on the pew um, or whatever. I know one gal who placed her faith in Christ uh, driving down the road at a red light. I had talked to her about her faith, and I remember her saying to me, you know, Lori, I remember you and I were talking. I couldn't really pinpoint where I'd placed my faith in Christ. So as I left my appointment with you, I just said, Lord, I want to make sure that I place my faith in Christ. And she prayed at a red light on the road. Okay, so she doesn't have a picture of that. But you know one thing I thought you could do is if you can pinpoint, and hopefully you can, when or maybe where or both you placed your faith in Christ, then why not have a spiritual birthday? Why not say, kids, it's my 36th spiritual birthday. We're going to go out tonight, and I'm going to have a cake, and we're going to celebrate the fact that that was the day mommy's life changed maybe mark it in some way so that it opens the door to a conversation about Christ, about your story. All right. Number two, I would say, talk about the gospel at prayer time at night with your kids. I remember one night when Jake was about five years old and he's 11 now, we were talking during his bedtime routine and he had been learning about the Easter story in church, our church was doing a big thing. It was Easter that year, and um, they were learning about you know rolling the stone away and Jesus was resurrected. And I knew he had heard the gospel several times at church through that Easter you know presentation. And of course, I knew he'd heard it from me in different ways throughout the years. And i I asked him. I said, "Jake, can you tell me about Jesus? Tell me what he did on the cross. Tell me that story." Well, he knew the story very well, (laughs) definitely a hundred times better than I knew it when I was his age. And I told him, I said, you know that Jesus did all this for you, for you, Jake, not just for mankind, but he was thinking of you. He knew that you would be born one day and that you would hear this story. And I said, Jake, if you'd like, you can place your faith in Jesus. Jesus can be, you know, your boss. You could be his child. You can trust Christ for your sins. And I asked if he would like to pray that to God. And he said, yes. And he prayed on his own with his own childlike faith. And I remember when we were done, I prayed for him as well. I had him hold his little Bible and I took a picture. You know why? Because I wanted to have a picture for him like I have a picture of me. (laughs) I wanted him to know, even as he got older, that he had placed his faith in Christ. And I was there to hear it. And mommy even took a picture. Now, my older son, Josh, when he was in the second or third grade, I remember talking to him after breakfast one morning, we were talking about the Bible. Now I'll tell you, I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, because as you know, I've already established that I've had this basic Bible reading time that the boys have done at breakfast for years. So we're talking about something, but it must have been about faith or faith in Christ or or Jesus dying for our sins. Because I use that as a moment to say, you know, have you ever made a decision to place your faith in, in Christ? Or is that something you would like to do with me? And he said, I've already done that, Mom. And I said, Oh, really? Well, when was that? And he said, Well, I prayed at church that the youth pastor was not the youth, I would say the children's pastor had stood up front, shared the gospel message in a way that children could understand. And then he had asked any child that wanted to pray and ask Jesus into their life, they could do that with him. And so that's what he had done. And I said, Well, that's awesome, buddy. I said, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for doing that. And then he added, yes. And now I pray the prayer every week when the pastor prays at church. And I was like, well, now, and I was able to use that as an opportunity to explain that once we place our faith in Christ, we don't have to do it week after week after week. The Bible teaches that once we've genuinely placed our faith in Christ, He is there and He will never leave us. Matter of fact, Hebrews 13, 5 says, Never will I leave you, and never will I forsake you. And so I was able to explain to Josh that when that pastor stands up and says, Everybody, bow your head if you want to, you know, place your faith in Christ, I said, sweetheart, what you can pray is, thank you, Jesus, that you've already come into my heart and that you will never leave me or forsake me. Now, I have a mom, a friend who's a mom of a junior high son, and she said that one evening they were driving home from youth group one night, and she just asked him as they drove down the road if he had ever placed his faith in Christ. And she was just simply curious at where he was at spiritually. So just driving down the road, she asked, and he responded that indeed he had trusted Christ as Savior. You know, the next thing is, I would just say when Easter rolls around each year, definitely use it to explain what we're actually celebrating when we celebrate Easter. We are celebrating the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Explain that to your children. Why did he die? He died willingly for our sins. He was resurrected. He came back to life and now he lives in heaven interceding for us. He is our sacrifice for our sins. God explained to them that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, but willingly laid down his life to pay the penalty of our sins. By, and by placing our faith in him, we can have eternal life. Then share your story. When did you do that? And simply ask if your child would like to do the same. Now, if they say yes, then you can both pray together. And if they say no, or they seem confused then that's great because you still know where they're at spiritually and you can begin to fill in some gaps and do some more explaining. Now, you're a little confused as to what to say in their prayer if they want to place their faith in Christ. I want you to remember a very simple three-word outline. Okay, it's really four words, but it's three concepts. Ready? Sorry. Thank you. Please. That's what you need to pray say it with me. Sorry. Thank you. Please. You would pray with them and it would say, dear God, I am sorry for my sins. Thank you that you love me and that you died for my sins. Please come into my heart and life. I place my faith in you. Sorry. Thank you. Please. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, have you had a sorry, thank you, please moment yourself? It is hard to pass on something you don't possess yourself. I mean, what a tragedy to teach your children about faith in Christ, but miss the boat yourself. If you cannot pinpoint a time and a place you surrendered your life to Christ, don't leave that to chance. Don't put that decision off. If you are driving in your car, listening to this podcast, if you're folding laundry, if you're walking the dog, I don't know if you're working out, pause right here. Think, what are you basing your own faith in? Church attendance, church rituals and traditions good works, none of those items will cross the great gulf that separates us from God. Nothing we do can help us gain access to heaven. That is where the love of God is so wonderful. He crossed that great gulf for us. He came to us, a babe in the manger 2,000 years ago. He lived a sinless life sacrifice that life on a wooden cross. By his shed blood and broken body, he paid the penalty we deserved for our sins. And our part is simply trusting and receiving this gift of forgiveness. Would you like to pray with me? Would you like to put all doubts to rest? If you want to put your life in the hands of the good shepherd, If you want to cease striving to be good enough and simply lean on Jesus and his death for you, then you can pray with me, either in your heart or out loud. God will hear your plea either way. Let's pray. Dear God, I am sorry for my sins. Thank you that you love me and that you died for me and my sins. Please come into my heart and my life. I place my faith in you. Oh, Lord, please make me the man or woman you desire me to be. Oh, Lord, please give me your wisdom to pass on this eternal message to my children and to my grandchildren. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer with me, then you are now my brother and sister in Christ. The best next step is to let me know so that I can send you some free basic Bible studies to help you in your new walk with Christ. Just shoot me a message on my website at laurijoynerministries.org. Have a blessed week. Lori Joiner Ministries serves the global body of Christ with discipleship resources, publications, and ongoing coaching and consulting of discipleship ministries. To invite me to speak at your next event and to see a full list of my discipleship books and Bible studies and resources, please visit me at lorijoynerministries.org.